รหัสโทสมมาสมบุตทัสนะโมทัสสะบกวะโทอรหัตโทสมมาสมบุตทัสสะอาปารุธาเดสังมัตสัตถวราเยสุรวันธาบมุนชันทุสตังโอ้ทีมนี้นี่คือ observance night and the we've all uh, renewed our precept Responsibilities. So this uh, sense of the sangha, those who practice the dhamma, and so that's uh, individual human beings, you and I, and. Uh, This uh, brings us back to the reality of being a human individual, and uh, or a, an entity, a conscious entity, living on this planet in this universe. And so, then uh, we we identify with the conditions, so we become a person. And so we become we get name and. Identify with the body and the emotional habits and the conditioning of the mind. <coughs> so, in uh, taking refuge in the sangha, there's a sankang t e n a n g a c h a m i This is uh, this isn't a personal thing. It's not a refuge in. In, a, in in any conventional form, in fact, it's refuge in in that awareness, knowing things as they are, as an individual entity. And so we we're looking, we're uh, investigating and uh, awakening to the way things are. As they really are, in terms of the Dhamma, so the the Buddha is the is the awakened consciousness, being able to awaken and be fully present to the Dhamma the way it is, as an as an individual entity, the Sangha. The Sangha is a group of of uh, people. But practicing in this way, so sangha is no longer a, a need be made into some kind of personal identity. But like we do that, everything, everything we touch gets tainted with our loves and hates and preferences and likes and dislikes, because that's the that comes out of the ignorance of not seeing things as they are. Then we, then we just react to. The forms, the conditions that we experience through the senses, through consciousness in this universe. So sangha also implies community. You know, it's not. It, it, it's generally used in 
as a like for a community or a group rather than individual. So the purity of the sangha is in in the in, in not in in uh, identifying with monasticism or or uh, particular conventional forms, uh, traditional sanghas, but in uh, being able to uh, follow the teachings of the Buddha or reflect from that point of awareness. And then the, the Dhamma pointing to the way things are. And so this, this discerning ability, the, the Bhutto is the wisdom knowing the truth of the way it is. All conditions are impermanent. They have the three characteristics of that are common to all forms, all conditions, all phenomena, which is anicca, dukkha, nata. To discern is, uh, is, uh, takes this awareness, trusting in this awareness, in this intuitive, awakened attentiveness to the present, to, to be able to receive <coughs> the present conditions for what they are. receive them and know them, discern them in terms of, uh, say, the base and Karanija, all conditions are impermanent. Not as a thought, not as a, because we tend to do this sometimes intellectually and uh, then we, uh, we think we understand, but we don't. As long as we, we think, we don't really, as long as we have to label and identify with words label things, then we make them more than what they are. So discerning isn't a, isn't a language, it's an ability, natural ability through awareness. Discerning or panya, sati, sampachanya, sati panya. <coughs> but we're very conditioned to always want to label things and put more onto everything in more than what it really is and make everything quite personal. So, Sangha life becomes very personal, or <coughs> being a Buddhist monk, Buddhist nun, very personal experience. Everything, our sila becomes personal, our practice becomes, we make it very personal, my practice, and so forth. And this is because we think of the language and the, and the habit of um, always grasping and uh, using using some way of adding more to the moment than what is than the way it is here and now. So when we contemplate anicca, it's not <coughs> a projection of impermanence, an intellectual projection of impermanence onto experience, but uh, a way of just observing all conditions are that way. You can find a condition that is different. Come and tell me. That means all conditions, whether they're, you know, refined or coarse, or good or bad. <coughs> you know, whether they're mental or physical. So this, uh, this uh, uh, discerning discernment then allows us to see things 
in terms of Dhamma rather than in terms of liking, disliking, approving, disapproving, <coughs> wanting, not wanting. Because then liking, disliking, approving, disapproving is seen in terms of Dhamma. It is, it's a condition we create that arises and ceases. So to be able to do this, to take real refuge in Buddha Dhamma Sangha, then means not in trying to, uh, you know, make yourself into some something or other. Not trying to. Well, many many of us have started out in monasticism trying to make ourselves into, you know, ideal monks, nuns, trying to be the perfect bhikkhu and things like this doing everything right and obeying all the rules and, and uh, trying to make ourselves into what an ideal of what we hold as a, as a monk or a nun. But then the result of that is never liberation. It's, it can be kind of fun for a while and, and we can... Uh, uh, you know, at times you just hate it, you know, feel really put out by always having to, you know, worry about what we look like and, uh, you know, being conscious of our identity, being trying to be uh, exemplary uh, models for everybody and on and on like that, which can be absolute pain in the neck, you know, because you can't ever... You know, it, it's all maybe out of a good intention, but it's still based on avicca or ignorance and the self-view. So that's why this this uh, emphasis on awakeness and, and begin and recognizing it, like uh, awakeness or sati, has no uh, no boundary. Like when we awaken, when we're just present here and now, we're not we're not defining anything. We're just opening. So it's an imminent ability to receive this moment and all that arises and ceases in it. So it has no form in itself. Sati, uh, awareness, intuitive awareness. It, it, it's uh, it's the way we we can, and it's the way of liberation. It's through this awareness that we realize liberation. As soon as we create a form or put limits on on experience, then then we're creating conditioned phenomena. So the interpretations of self, me and mine, and and the self-view always is a limitation, isn't it? It's, a, it's putting a boundary on this moment. It's mine, it's what I feel, it's what I think, it's my practice, and so forth. And that, that puts me into the limited form of, of me. But in uh, our sati, sampatanya, there's, there's no, it's formless. And that's where we... We sometimes we you know we get confused because we aren't used to that. 
we're used to identifying, uh, identifying or naming or putting our attention into things or objects or forms of some sort, or creating them, projecting them out onto the world around us. <coughs> when we practice samadhi, then we tend to then we tend to choose a form of some sort. So, so the samadhi concentration on, on an object. So that means that we, we decide we're going to concentrate on this or that, on the breath or on the kasina or on the candle flame or on the mantra or whatever. And that limits, that's putting, that's putting uh, uh, boundaries and that way we can concentrate <coughs> attention onto onto an object so it's very important to know the difference between sati and samadhi because uh, I think that's quite a quite a an insight when you really know the difference because so many Times meditation techniques are about samadhi. You know, putting limitation, putting boundaries, techniques, uh, all these these forms that we we uh, we choose or we attach to, and through that, then we can develop concentrated uh, attention on on a limited form of some sort. Now they remember when, when I first started meditating, I couldn't, I didn't know the difference. Just the, the you know, I was doing samadhi practices all the time because uh, I didn't, didn't really, uh, I didn't recognize the power of awareness. I, I went along with the techniques that the teachers gave me and, and my own interpretations of scripture and so forth so that, that, that this, uh, this was what I had at the time where, where my mind was conditioned through my background, my education. So then, uh, you know, I used to have, you know, to try to be mindful. You know, the ideal was to be mindful. These were the words generally they, they use in the Theravada tradition. You must be mindful, try to be mindful, and so forth. So we, we conceive mindfulness in some way and then try to become that. So we create a, a, some kind of idea of what mindfulness is and then we we try to to become that image so I remember you know starting out with uh, meditation technique the uh, Mahasi Sayadaw style in uh, in Wat Mahatat in Bangkok so I got the impression that to be mindful you had to do everything in slow motion everything was very kind of uh, very done in a very slow way and then thinking that if you couldn't do it in this very precise uh, 
very uh, strong technique, then you couldn't really be mindful. You had to be aware of each movement of your foot and when you were walking and on and on like this. So, but I found this led to a an experience of concentration because it is a, it's a technique that, that uh, you know, if one attaches to the, the technique itself, it, one becomes concentrated through it. Then attaching to the tranquility that comes through concentration made me feel, well, if I don't, you know, I've got to always, in order to be mindful and be peaceful and tranquil, I need to, to control everything. I need to put limits on everything. I need to shut the world out. And I need to, uh, you know, do everything in slow motion. I need to, you know, have complete control over the environment so that I can, can uh, do this technique. And then when I tried to do that, of course, I was always being frustrated because <laughs> the world doesn't allow it. You know, you always have to go to a special place under that, that supports such kind of condition. I remember, you know, got, got, I ordained in the Nong Kai in the Northeast and and then going to uh, Bangkok at the time of the new year to, to get a visa to stay in Thailand, you know, everybody said, oh, you can't practice in Bangkok. You know, it'll, you'll, you can't be mindful in Bangkok. So that seemed to me pretty limited, actually, to think that... that uh, the Buddha's message depended on, on an exaggerated style of doing everything and, uh, and that, um, that certain places were totally inimical to, inimical to this uh, to awareness. Well, that's how I interpret it anyway. So then, beginning to, you know, question Question, what is sati, awareness? And then uh, following you, I became a bhikkhu and went to stay with Ajahn Chah. Now his, his way of, uh, was not, he didn't, uh, wasn't so kind of involved with technique as, as, as being aware in daily life. So the, the uh, emphasis was on awareness in the life of the of the monastic of the monastery being a monk in the monastery and awareness uh, you know the the habit tendency the 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 way that I tended to to interpret scriptural teaching or even Lung Po Cha with my uh, Western intellect always limited it, isn't it? Uh, the way I, I would interpret even Lumpo Cha's uh, teaching or reading the scripture, the suttas. Because the, as long as I projected onto, tried to figure it out, tried to, to analyze it, tried to define it and fix it, 
with words, then that brought into action, into the moment, my intellectual habits. But I began to recognize that that I'm letting go of that, that I, the trusting in the awareness before the intellect arises, before the conditioning of the mind comes into consciousness. So that's where I, I developed this, this uh, meditation on doubt, on uncertainty, not knowing. Because, uh, uh, you know, the, the, my personality wants to know everything, wants to analyze and figure everything out. It likes to know everything and have confidence through, through the, the illusion that I know about everything. I've figured it all out. Over the years, then, the develop of, of, of awareness comes through recognition of the, the cessation of conditions in this present moment. And when, when I let everything just be what it is in this moment, when I'm not trying to manipulate it and according to, you know, trying to project something onto it, add something to it, either through, uh, you know, liking it or, or trying to get rid of it through aversion, when, the, when I trust in the awareness, then that, that receives that which is present here now, uh, both in terms of the sense experience of seeing, hearing, smelling, tasting, touching, but also on the emotional thinking level, the sanya, sankara conditioning. So awareness then is, isn't a creation. You can't become aware. You, trying to be mindful uh, is the very act of trying means that you're not. So it's a, an imminent act of recognizing this way. Don't conceive it, you know, don't try to you know, figure it out with words because then you're, you're, you know, you want, you're trying to, to put limits. The language always limits everything. <coughs> language itself is a limitation. Thinking is a limitation. So this intuitive awareness is the, is the refuge, awakened attention in the present where that which is present, in emotional feeling or mood or thoughts or memories, uh, through the sense, through the objects of sense, whatever they are, the way they are. And this reflection on the way it is, is putting it in a way that we see it in terms of Dhamma, all that arises ceases, all Dhamma is anatta, not self. With awareness, there's no self. With, when, 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 when I'm heedless, then, I'm, then I become a personality. I attach to my personality and I, and I project the, from there, you know, what I, what I like and don't like, what I approve of and 
or disapprove of. Well, my personality is like that. It's, it's based on ignorance. Uh, so it's a personality that has definite likes and dislikes, preferences, uh, it has wants and desires and and um, all kinds of very complicated, you know, it, it sometimes wants things and then doesn't want them and likes and then it doesn't like anymore and it's very changeable. <coughs> My personality goes up and down according to experience. You know, if I'm being praised and everything's going great, then I'm happy as a person. Everything's falling apart. If people are uh, angry with me, then, then I feel depressed and despairing as a person. So this personality is to be recognized. I'm not trying to get rid of a personality, I'm not trying to, to annihilate it, but to recognize it. And so this is where the awareness is the way. Because whatever you're feeling, whether you're feeling high or, you know, ecstatic or depressed or bored or full of hope or full of despair or full of inspiration, full of doubt, there's an awareness of that. You know, you know, I feel doubt. Should I stay in the robe or should I not? And so there's an awareness that you, you aren't sure what you're going to do. Well, that awareness, you know, begin to recognize this awareness which you can't object, you can't see it. You know, it's not like, like doubt is definitely something you can notice when you feel, when I'm feeling uncertain and insecure. You know, I know that I'm feeling this way, feeling ill at ease or insecure like this. Or angry or greedy or confused. These are uh, states of mind that, that one knows and recognizes. But that which knows, that which recognizes, you see, isn't, you can't, when you try to figure it out, you just get tangled up with, uh, you know, in your, with your thoughts and ideas and what are various views of others. <laughs> so this, this kind of inquiry, noticing, feeling confused or doubt or uncertainty or happy or sad or inspired or disillusioned is like this. Now in the conventional world then, you know, the, the conventions we're using, this, this Theravada style, Thai forest tradition, uh, is, is a convention. So it's, 
it's uh, it's a limitation in itself, isn't it? Like vinaya definitely limits behavior. <laughs> so so uh, limitation on action, speech, and that. So that that's a conventional form. But it's not meant to be a conditioning process. It's not meant to be an identity or an attachment. But it's for, for one thing, it simplifies. I find, you know, monastic life much more simple than than uh, what I remember when I was a layman, which is so long ago. <laughs> was I ever a layman? <laughs> Most of you, that's ancient history. When I was a layman, you weren't born yet. Many of So in uh, the forms we're using, they're always for the here and now, not for, you know, like some, sometimes I used to, used to get wound up by the fact that I'm in an ancient tradition. You know, and that, uh, and then, you know, the Thai forest tradition, and then you, you, you've got, the, you know, the loyalty to the tradition and uphold the tradition and all very good things kind of um, altruistic attitudes towards the tradition uh, without realizing what I was doing you know so I'd get you know I'd get guilt ridden if I didn't feel I was you know the perfect monk represented always as the kind of um, role model or the prototype for what a good Theravada and Thai forest tradition monk should be. You know, if even I was letting down, uh, the personality could easily, you know, be very tyrannical. Uh, and, and then, you know, when you're, when you're alone with yourself, then, then all kinds of resentments come up, and uh, even when you're not alone with yourself. But, but in like in uh, meditation sometimes where you go off for a month or three months or six months to, for uh, self-retreats, you know, and you're just with yourself and then, then uh, repress the resentments, anger and, and frustration will, can obsess the mind. So we can make tradition and uh, these noble altruistic ideals, uh, attachment to them, they become personal, then they become counterproductive. They destroy us. <coughs> so that's where the, the importance is in this awakenness, not in, not in, uh, in an idealizing of tradition or how one should be, or how to, you know, trying to idealize the monk, or the nun, or the teacher, or the tradition, or the, you know, the sect, or the monastery. Because these are forms. They're forms, they're, 
they they can be used for awareness or they or if we just cling to them then they kill us they destroy us so that's where this awakenedness is so that's why you know, people disrobe and and uh, you know out of just they've they've dedicated years to practice and and somehow you know done all the right things and still feel you know haven't gotten anywhere can't do it uh, um, you know this these kind of of reactions are a sign of you know the of still the self view is the is what one is operating from <coughs> Like when when you say <coughs> wake up, I'm not saying. Well, in the future, if you practice awareness, you wake up. Am I? I never say that. If you really work hard, devote your life, <coughs> you know, stay a monk or a nun your whole life, and you'll have a chance to wake up during that time, maybe. Now notice that it's always this, this sense of a hypocrisical, here and now, wake up here and now, you know. Now is the time, not not practice hard to wake up next year or the next five years. As long as you think that and hold that as your view, you, then you then you're conceiving it is some kind of attainment that you get through some kind of meditation practice and so you're creating an idea of meditation practice yourself your ability or lack of ability and the whole thing is is based on not on waking up but on attachment to how things should or shouldn't be views and opinions habits emotional habits and personal uh, views and opinions Now, wake up is, you know, it's, it's simple, isn't it? It's certainly the most simple teaching. Uh, you know, it's the most direct. <coughs> it's here and now. And it is the path of liberation. And so, because we're so clever, you know, we can understand it, you know, get the idea of it. But to trust in it, this is where I see the big lack in people, is a lack of trust. They get the idea. They can understand the theory. But to really trust that moment now, to recognize it and value that, Now that takes patience, doesn't it? Just to bear with the way it is. With, with uh, the way you're feeling, your own frustration or doubt or confusion around this, what I'm saying. Or disagreement or whatever going on in you right now. Because then 
when I talk like this, then people say, well, you know, you always have to do this first and get the jhanas and then go do the, then you do the vipassana and you've got to get a level of concentration in order to, and they, they go on like that. So then, you know, they, 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 they've got views and opinions. I'm not saying their views are wrong, I think. But a view is a view. You know, it's a condition. Whether you take it out of the scripture or out of, out of your own uh, mind or whatever, it's still a view is a condition that arises in thesis. The sense of yourself, you know, self-worth as a person or that the way we conceive ourselves. You know, so I used to listen to, to the way I conceive myself as a person. I used to do this a lot, you know, just to hear myself creating myself, what I think I am. You know, there's not the, you know, just thinking it out. I'm, you know, taking very kind of... Uh, you know, I am a human being, fairly uncontroversial identity. I am a human being. That doesn't arouse any great uh, feelings in me. <clears throat> I am a, a man, a, ma- a male. That has a little more something to it. There's a little more emotion in that one. Little, that brings up more, something more than, than the kind of uh, bland indifference to I am a human being. Then uh, I am a real man, or a he-man, or I'm not very much of a man. And then that goes into all kinds of proliferations, and doubts and uncertainties. I am an American. I don't know what I am anymore with, on nationality because I'm both British now and American. And uh, so when people ask, I usually say I'm American because that's, I guess your basic identity is, is the one you tend to use in life. But then that also, as you know, Americans are hated the world over. <laughs> so it's not very wise to go around announcing it. <clears throat> anyway, I don't look like an American anymore, do I? I am a bhikkhu. I am a senior. I am a. Uh, a Mahatira. I'm a abbot of monastery. I'm a meditation master. I'm a, or I am a, uh, in a kind of, you know, there's a lot of self disparagement. My, my personality tends to see, create myself with the, the, with an emphasis on what's wrong with me. So I used to go on uh, how you shouldn't think those thoughts. You should be. You shouldn't be so selfish. You should be more 
considerate. Uh, you should be more loving. You should. Uh, you shouldn't think bad thoughts. You should love everybody. Instead, you hate people most of the time. You should. You shouldn't get jealous. Jealousy is disgusting, and you shouldn't be frightened of things. A man is is fearless. You know, a he-man is fearless. Oh, wimp that I am, you know, these wimpy feelings about, oh, I couldn't bear that, or I couldn't hope nothing terrible happens to me because I don't know if I could deal with it. And the kind of uh, anxious me, the worried, the fretting, the fear of failure, and all that. So, Listening to it, listening to it in a way of, non, of just getting to know it, not in terms of judging it. You know, so whether it's a boastful, confident, arrogant me or uh, the wimpy, frightened, uh, inferior me, these are, I'm adding these, these, these kind of values to it. But it's to recognize, because the refuge is in the awareness of it. That's a creation. Whatever I cre- think I am, that's a creation uh, that, that, I'm, that I'm, I'm creating that. I create myself in terms of attachment to memories, ideals, uh, views, opinions. So I can observe that. That observing isn't, you know, I can't, I can't observe the observer. I have to be that. I have to rest in that. I have to totally trust, surrender to this awareness. So by, and it doesn't mean I'm trying to even change my personality or habits, just knowing it. Once you know your personality and your emotional habits for what they are, not in terms of values, whether they're good or bad or mature or childish or should or shouldn't. Once you just recognize them in terms of when they arise, you know them in terms of what arises ceases, they they are what they are. That then is not, a, that has no, that's not a criticism or a judgment on them. It's just discerning condition phenomena like this. That knowing, that direct knowing then doesn't attach. You know, we attach out of not knowing things. So, so you know, when we, when we come out of ignorance then we're always kind of Manipulating our minds and and trying to control everything through through out out of fear and desire and habit. So the then the awareness is a, is is like this. It's 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 no boundary. If I try to figure it out, then I make boundaries again. Maybe it has boundaries. 
But, <laughs> but so it's an intuitive kind of knowing rather than an intellectual definition of it. And this is where it takes this trust in this awareness. You know, and valuing it, really appreciating, treasuring this. This is, a, this is the jewel. This is the, the beauty of our humanity. It's just this. It's so simple, so direct, so immediate, and available to all of us. It's not, a, it's not an attainment, in other words. It's not through, you know, trying to attain it. The more you try to get it, the, the, you're coming from a delusion again. You're conceiving it and then trying to make yourself get something you, you've conceived of. So that's the frustrating part, isn't it, of, of a spiritual path. Because you can't really grasp it. And no matter how, you know, how well your intentions might be, you know, you're still, if, if you don't break through the basic delusion, then after years of, of commitment and practice, you know, you, you'll still feel, well, I can't do it. Because the, the basic illusion has never been, you know, is still where you're operating from, from the sense of my practice, me and mine. And that's why, you know, really investigate that, that which is aware of me. Now, now it's quite simple, because me and mine is, I think it, and this is, this is me and this is mine, and I like and I don't like, and I listen to it. I don't, I, I'm willing, when I, whatever I'm feeling, you know, if I'm feeling discouraged or angry or fed up or whatever, I listen to it. I'm not afraid. I don't, I don't, I'm not trying to be, you know, the perfect monk that has only loving thoughts for everything all the time. I'm willing to, to, to listen to, to what they call the dark side, to the angry, discontented, complaining, conditions that arise. Listening to them but not judging them. They are what they are. And then by questioning that which is aware say of if you feel doubt for example. That which is aware of uncertainty, insecurity you know, so you begin to just question, what is it, that, that which is aware, and the, and the emotional feeling of doubt in the present. Should I or shouldn't I? I don't know what to do. And then the awareness of that. That awareness, you know, you, you, you know, it's, 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 it's real. It's reality. The condition of uncertainty comes and goes and changes according to circumstances.
feeling uh, angry or upset or jealous or frightened or confused. These 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 conditions come and go. You know they they depend on conditions, other conditions. You know so everything's in this this changing process of change and movement flux, so that you you know you you can't. You know, you just can't make yourself feel happy and 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 that all the time because the conditions for happiness aren't present. Sometimes they're not present at all. Sometimes conditions for sadness, misery are present. But the awareness is the stable point. Of the th- that which uh, is, you know, doesn't change. Not a changing. It's not a creation. It's not dependent on the conditions uh, that you're experiencing. And that's where it's, it's a trust, isn't it? A sense of trust and confidence in this, this awareness. So then everything becomes a Dhamma, you know, the highs, the lows, the, the good times, the bad times, the successes, failures, praise and blame, and all the rest. It's part of it, you know. It's a, it's it's the changingness of, of the uh, sankharas. And one's refuge is in awareness rather than in, the role, or the becoming, or the, achievement, or the uh, feeling of despair, like I haven't gotten anywhere. So in the three refuges, Buddha, Dhamma, Sangha, this is how, you know, like the Sangha then, this entity, this, this form here, the conscious entity. And I claim, this is me, Ajahn Sumeya. <laughs> and, and I can give you my, my biographical statistics and my achievements, and then in intimate moments, I might confess a few weaknesses and failures. <laughs> but, in, but in terms of the awareness, that that's not uh, Ajahn Sumato. <clears throat> and that awareness is a, is a unity, isn't it? It's a, it's it has no that awareness. Is, is oneness because it's, it's not two it's not like mine I, do, I can't claim it in, in as personal achievement as soon as I do claim you know I'm a really very very mindful after all these years I'm really succeeded at mindfulness practices then then that's the personality operating again but if, if, but that drops away, the need to claim it or identify with it seems pointless. Seems is something you don't have any inclination to to do anymore. You don't the idea of becoming an enlightened person or something that sounds totally uh, ridiculous. <coughs> 
becoming a stream enterer or becoming an arahant sounds totally ridiculous to me. Because it's, that's not the way it is. And my personality is never, you know, it's never going to become anything but what it is. You know, they, I can't make my personality into an arahant. Unless I want to delude myself, go around pretending I'm an arahant as a person. But that's, that, would, that, that would create more problems, wouldn't it? <laughs> and suffering, it seems so, so, such a foolish thing. Uh, you know, it has no, no kind of uh, attraction. Because the, the faith is in the awareness rather than in the, or the title or the, the, the attainment or the feeling of a, having attained, or a feeling of not having attained, as a, through the way we think our personality habits. So in terms of practice and that the, the you know the it's very simple, very direct. It doesn't seem like much of anything. In ter- you know, in terms of values, how we you know, we want to the way we think, you know, like attaining nibbana or becoming an arahant, things like this. These are these are like attainment. This is these are very high attainment because of uh, the limitation of thought. And then thinking is linear. It is, is, you know, it goes, you know, good, better, best, bad, worse, worse. And so it, it, you know, and Arahant is the best, and Bhutuchana is, 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 you know, the lowest, and the, or the, the hell, hell spirit, or the Preta, you know, we can we can put these in you know in terms of conventional forms, but then that's that's always the limitation of form, concept, language. The recognize that awareness is transcending language. Language can come from that awareness, but if we attach to our ideas and our thoughts and our views and opinions, then we, without seeing, you know, the, the, the attachment, then we're operating out of avicca, ignorance of the way it is. So, just another uh, encouragement to, uh, you know, to trust in this. And you'll find, you know, you we find ways of, or skillful means or upayas of, of learning the way we are. You know, we, we also have the ability to, to uh, you know, use, develop means that, that make, to, to allow us to see this more clearly, such as my listening to myself, listening to my personality. You know, I let it talk to me. 
Ajahn Sumedho goes on and on. And uh, I, I listen, but I know it. I know that, that I know what it is. So there's a knowing, then there's no need to attach to it. And there's, uh, you know, sometimes that's all right to be Ajahn Sumedho conventionally, but it's not, not an attachment, an identity anymore. So then this is a sense of refuge. You see the value of this uh, Bhutang Sernangachami, Dhammang Sernangachami, Sankang Sernangachami. Even though this is a Pali language, you know, it's pointing at something very direct, very important to, you know, it's, it's an awakening, learning to trust. Refuge is, a, is that which you can trust. And which you you can't define, you can't control it. It's it's through awareness. Then the then the teachings of the Buddha we call like the Dhamma teachings over. They're pointing to the way things are. They're not defining things. The teachings of the Buddha are not definitions. They're not, you know, they're just merely pointing out dukkhas like this. The origin of dukkha is like this. The cessation of dukkha is like this. The eightfold path is like this. It's not. A, it's not trying to to define and uh, and and bind you to some kind of doctrinal uh, positioning, but pointing always here and now at the way it is. So these teachings then are to be used for awareness, not not things to be, you know, attached to or rejected. But, uh, you know, in this tradition, this is, this, is the, this is the conventions we have to use. So learn how to use them, you know, learn how to... When you're with... Uh, Piano teacher, you learn to play the piano, not the violin. <laughs> so, so it's uh, so in this learn to learn how to use the the teaching, the tradition. You know, not attached to it, not identify. So, after this is a reflection.